your sequel sucks. It sucks. Your sequel sucks. It just really sucks. What's up, everyone? Thanks for checking out the very first episode of Your Sequel Sucks. I'm your host, Nick Evans, and I'm here with my co-host, the handsome, the effervescent, spooky boy himself, Luke Gladly. What the fuck is going on? Pretty bastard. (laughs) What is up, Nick? What's going on? That is right. This is episode one of uh, a brand new podcast, Your Sequel Sucks. And essentially, this is because, well, Hollywood... You couldn't leave well enough alone, and now you're in the spotlight as we discuss your shit show, because you decided to put a deuce after your original title. So, 2009 Halloween 2, I'm looking at you, player. Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines, I'm looking at you, player. Freddy 2, dog, I'm looking right at you. We're here to talk about these (laughs) masterpieces. And, you know, I just want to put it out there right now. We know Halloween 3 sucks. We get it. No one likes Season of the Witch. I know. We're not talking not good. Season of the Witch. We know you don't like Season of the Witch. No one likes Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch was ready for the season to end. Season of the Witch is garbage. Dog <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. But that's the whole point of this, man. This is, this is fun. Two friends getting together. Uh, everyone out there listening, me and Nikki have known each other for about... 13, 14 years now. Yeah. Very, very close friends. We played in the band Nora Stone together for many, many years. Um, played with a lot of big bands, toured, all that stuff. Um, and we are diving in to a little of uh, pop culture fun to bring to you people. Absolutely. And, you know, before we kick it off, I just want to say that when we were on the road and everything and everybody was asleep in the van, me, me and Pucasto, we would be up. We would be <laughs> up in the driver's seat and we would just be sitting there all night just sitting talking about these shitty movies. So it just, it kind of comes back around. <laughs> it really is the gift that keeps giving. I love this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I just got to say, I typically don't watch anything that doesn't involve James Vanderbeek. I'm a little <laughs> bit of a James Vander freak. So just to put that out there right away, and I actually didn't have that written down in the outline, just so we're clear. <laughs> I just wanted to say it. So, so this week, we're talking about the downfall of a franchise. Pucasso, what are we talking about? Oh, we are talking about the 1993 gem RoboCop Trace 3. Bum, bam, bum, bum, bam. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, real quick, my muse, <laughs> what is your history with RoboCop? RoboCop, man, all right, so I'll tell you, RoboCop, for the first time I remember, I was like maybe four years old, and I just remember seeing the old VHS cassette sleeve oh, um, yeah. at my grandmother's house, like, because uh, my cousin lived with my grandmother, and I remember seeing it, and I remember always thinking it was really cool. Like, I was like, oh, look at this robot and this cop car. You know what I'm saying? It looked dope, and I remember when I saw it for the first time, you know, I, like I said, I was like four, and I was like, oh, my God, this shit is gory. Like, this, this, yeah. this face, <laughs> face is melting off, and I'm like, Grandma, like, you know, like, <laughs> you're not expecting this, and, you know, like, it, I just remember it really, like, striking with me because it, it was. It was so intense. And, you know, you got Red Foreman over there starring, <laughs> you know, opposite Peter Weller. There's only going to be good things that rise. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Buckaroo Banzai himself <laughs> against that 70s show dad. So. <laughs> I'm telling you, and I did feel like a good foot in my ass by the time I was done with it. It really got me ready. But I will say that part two... I, part two kind of like falls off the wayside for me just because I don't remember it much. Not that it was bad, but I, I just remember the first RoboCop being really striking. And I remember, you know, as a kid, I, they had the cartoon, uh, they had the TV series for a little bit, but, um, you know, it's, it's one where it's definitely held with the highest theme of the eighties films, you know, eighties into nineties. Um, the highest theme ends at RoboCop three though. Let's make that very clear. Otherwise yeah. we wouldn't be here today. 
Oh yeah, I was gonna say if it wasn't for RoboCop three, they probably like if it went well, they probably would have kept making them. It would have been like RoboCop Tokyo Drift, two Robo <laughs> two Cop. Like they would have kept going, but you know it didn't. It stopped. Yeah, kind it, of. It, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, they they held the series going, but yeah, that that uh that movie has quite a uh, a deep story when you when you get when you get beneath the metal plates of the yeah. RoboCop, you find that there's some substance going on here, which could be why. Your sequel sucks. There you go. What a segue. <laughs> Jesus. It's almost like we do a show about sequels sucking. Unbelievable. And, and this one. And this one sucks. It's <laughs> fucking bad. Um, so, you know, what's funny is like I have like a very similar story with this is literally um, I would like walk around Blockbuster or I think in Newburgh it was like movies because we had like those <laughs> shitty Blockbuster. <laughs> it had a cow on it. I remember that. Yeah, yeah because, you know, we, we couldn't afford to have a Blockbuster, so we got movies. <laughs> so I would go with my mom, and I would always, like, pick out, like, the shittiest B-movies possible. And it would be, like, RoboCop 1, 2, and 3 all right next to each other. And I was like, well, this is clearly what I got to get. I, it's a robot. It's a cop. Like, what could, what could go wrong? And I fucking loved the movies i mean it it hit me so hard it was such like a visceral feeling of like wow i'm watching something so adult and nobody realized i was probably like fucking eight and (laughs) like and meanwhile my mom's like here's this robot cop movie you know have fun and there's literally like that opening scene peter weller's just getting torn apart oh my god dude dude and and ed 209 who's just fucking kills the guy in the we'll get into it but kills the guy in the boardroom like it that movie is just blood 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 and yeah, I'm just sitting there watching my, my cop robot movie with my little cop robot action figures and shit. <laughs> um, and, you know, we'll get into it. But I got to say, I don't know if you remember that, like, it might have been a year ago. It was probably in, like, January. I texted you and I was like, what do you think about me getting a RoboCop tattoo? <laughs> yeah, I do. <did. laughs> I was like, don't this do that. Is totally, it's totally unrelated. But I was just like. <laughs> I got to get this cover up piece and, you know, I need something big. And like, you know, why not RoboCop? It's either RoboCop or 1995 Judge Dredd. Like, yeah. I'm going to cover up this piece with another piece that will eventually need to be covered up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. So for anybody who does not know RoboCop somehow, somehow, if you haven't been around for decades now and you don't know what RoboCop is, RoboCop is a 1987 sci-fi action film released by Orion Pictures. Rest in peace, Orion Pictures, because... R.I.P. Yeah, RoboCop brought you into this world, and RoboCop took you out. (laughs) (laughs) You live by the cop, you die by the cop, man. That's it. That's it, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it was written by Michael Miner and Edward Neumeyer, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Um, For anybody who doesn't know, it stars Peter Weller as Officer Murphy, a.k.a. RoboCop. He's a police officer killed in the line of duty, and he's brought back by Omni Consumer Products, a big corporation who owns most of Detroit. Somehow they bought the police force. Can um, I just say that if you're not down with OCP, you don't know me. And uh, <laughs> that's one thing that needs to be said right now. But continue. I'm so sorry. But I, I feel like if I didn't say it, I'd have to come back to it. I'm sorry. If, continue. If you didn't say it, some asshole on Twitter. <laughs> hey. You didn't mention OCP in the form of an old rap song. So, like, now you did it. Um, Your fucking show sucks. Your podcast sucks. How about that? (laughs) That's what I'm waiting for. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, uh, Officer Murphy, he is brought back to semi-life by um, Omni Consumer Products, um, made into their first model of a cyborg police officer. Um, So when we really get down into this movie, uh, the story is Michael Miner, Edward Neumeyer, apparently they saw Blade Runner or they saw the poster for Blade Runner and somebody, their friend was explaining it and he was going, yeah, uh, this guy, he's a robot and he hunts other robots. And, you know, apparently they were pissed because they're like, he doesn't look like a robot. <laughs> so that was the <laughs> idea is they both started working about a cyborg cop movie by themselves. Um, I think Edward Neumeyer was working on Robot Cop about, <laughs> and Michael Miner went home and started working on Super Cop about a cop who was enhanced with cybernetic parts. And then they didn't realize that they both decided to try and make a spin on Blade Runner, got together, and they're like, oh shit, let's just combine the ideas. And this legend was born. Yeah, and you got RoboCop. Um, so the RoboCop 
design was uh, made by, I think it's Rob Botten. It might be Botine. I just, Rob Botten sounds cool. So we're going to go with Rob Botten. Um, <laughs> and he was not given a lot to work with. They basically told him the idea and they say, make it look a little bit like Judge Dredd. And they showed him some like Japanese mecha comics. And really? they were like, yeah. So they were like, you know, we want Judge Dredd and we want Gundam. And basically, <laughs> he decided to go home and come back with like a more sleek design that was replicant of like Detroit and Ford Motors. Um, so that's what he brought back to them. Is he was like, you need a design like this, something that is going to speak future and not speak that you just stole ideas from overseas. You know, that finally makes sense because all these years, for whatever reason, whenever I saw him, I was like, I was like 92 Ford Taurus. And it would just pop in my mind. <laughs> now it makes sense. Beautiful design. <laughs> Beautiful the, the, design. The Ford Ergonomic. Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so what's crazy is um, Rob Botten, uh, he has gone on record saying he has never had to make more like proof of concept designs for director because Paul Verhoeven kept turning them down. He he wanted it to be big and bulky and he kept even insisting that they should get Arnold Schwarzenegger to play RoboCop and Rob Botten had to say no, he's too beefy, he's too big. You need a little guy that's going to squeeze in the costume to make it look like a normal body. Also, maybe you should look that he just got done playing a kind of famous robot. Maybe yeah. Arnold's not a good idea. He, <laughs> yeah. A little thing called Terminator. Uh, he may be taken for the role. <laughs> Could you just imagine? <laughs> I mean, I just have to put it out there. And I, I like Schwarzenegger enough, but like he would look stupid. Oh, he look He would make a bad RoboCop. <laughs> um, yeah, so that essentially they went with Peter Weller. I mean, he has like a good jawline because really RoboCop's only a fucking mouth and forehead. It's really it. I mean, and then when they take that mask off, you want that mask right back on. I you mean, want it right back on. He's not what uh, they would call a, uh, a fondly looked upon man. And Peter Weller, if you're watching, uh, listening to this, um. Clearly, things have gone bad for you because you're listening to this. <laughs> and two, I'm so sorry about your face. I don't know what happened to it or what you could have done better. I think it's out of your hands. But it, it, it was fitting to be covered for most of a movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that they put that visor down. <laughs> they, they really knew what they were doing. Um, so, honestly, this, this concept, right, it doesn't sound like it would work. Like, if it was 2020 and somebody's like, we made this robot police officer and he fights punks and he calls everybody <laughs> creep, you'd be like, I don't want to watch this garbage. But in 87, RoboCop comes out. It, it was made on a $13 million budget and it grossed nearly $60 million. Now, that's um, a lot it, back then. With inflation, it is. that's actually a lot of money. It is. I mean, it landed first opening weekend and it beat out Full Metal Jacket and, well, it beat out Superman 4. The, yeah, that's another fucking shit sequel. But... Like Quest for something? Yeah. yeah like it... That'll be an episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait till we dive into the fucking Superman movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it beat out those two otherwise well-known movies. Um, this Robot Cop. It goes on to have several Academy Award nominations and it wins the Academy Award for sound editing, wow. which I think it deserves. I mean, every one of those gunshots, it fucking hits with a pound. <laughs> it, 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 it's a lot of shooting. So that person was just sitting there listening to blasts all day. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I gotta say though, I think what really set that movie up is that it is so visceral. It is that it strikes you so much. Like you, you see that cover, you see that concept. And I'm sure, you know, when it was playing on TV, you know, in mature, you know, in between like old ass Oprah episodes, I don't know, um, that <laughs> you probably would not expect to see what you saw in the theater. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what really helps set this franchise up. So it honestly, probably the word of mouth does make what, you know, provided that movie with such a big box office hit, which leads into Robocop 2, which was, you know, not, not short after, you know? No, it, it came out pretty much. I mean, if you think about like, in the 80s, they kind of made sequels for everything. Uh, it only took them two and a half years to kind of do RoboCop 2. And that's with like a lot of, you know, um, the studio coming in and really like picking apart scripts and everything, like really setting them back a lot because they wanted it to appeal to kids. Oddly enough, RoboCop comes out. I mean, we just talked about it, but it hit hard with children, even though it's a very violent movie. It is super adult. I mean, do you remember... We're not that we're going to go into RoboCop 1 because it's a good movie. We're talking about shit movies. But do you remember <laughs> the scene where the two, like, stereotypical 80s punks are, like, grabbing at that woman and RoboCop shoots the guy's dick off? Yeah. And, <laughs> and she runs up to him. She goes, oh, thank you, RoboCop. And he's like, you should contact a rape counselor. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
that's not good material for someone who's like nine years old. No, no, but that's the demographic it, it hit with. And uh, so, yeah, Orion Pictures says, that's what we're going for. We are trying to sell toys. We're trying to go the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles route and the Gundam route where like you watch the show for the toys. Um, so yeah, briefly, RoboCop 2 drops 1990. Uh, Weller returns as the lead. This time it's a different director. Um, Irvin Kirshner comes in. I don't know why Paul Verhoeven didn't come back. I'm guessing that he seems like one of those where he's like, I made this movie. I don't want anything else with it. He has described uh, Paul Verhoeven. He's described RoboCop 1 as being based on the Bible. Uh, he said that <laughs> RoboCop represents Jesus. And it's so not again, we can't keep going into RoboCop 1, but the final scenes, RoboCop walks on water and he gets stabbed by a spear. I never noticed it until I read that and I was like, let me look this up. There's fucking no way. And it's true. So that's um, something. Just, just want to make some note with uh, Irvin Kirshner. He is a very acclaimed director. He did Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. So that that's a, right. Yeah, that is a huge grab for that series. And that, that it's probably going to lead into a little bit of what we talk about for RoboCop 3 about Orion's budgeting. Um, because he also did... Uh, he did uh, a James Bond movie as well. Irvin Kershaw said uh, he did Never Say Never Again. So that's a big time director at oh, the wow. of him doing big things. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, so he's the sequel guy. He's the guy to come in and kind of really like, you know, you need a sequel made. I'll make you a sequel. And RoboCop 2 is not bad. Just no. to put it out there. Otherwise, we'd be talking about RoboCop 2. Yeah, we switch so, right to the shit one. Don't, don't, let's not get that misconstrued. Yeah, that's <laughs> so that's good information because I did not have a lot down on Kirshner. Yeah, I, I've seen that name. Um, but they also coming back to budget for writing. They hired Frank Miller, and Frank Miller is most known as an, an iconic comic book writer. He's done Sin City, Three Hundred, The Dark Knight Returns, Batman Year One, Daredevil. I mean, I can go on and on. But Frank Miller was he, on too. Frank Miller, yeah, he came on on two, and we'll get into it for three. Frank Miller's original idea for two was based on fucking ninjas and samurai, and wow. they said, we don't want ninjas and samurai. We're talking about the fall of Detroit because RoboCop 2, the big theme is Detroit is going bankrupt, and oddly enough, Detroit did the, in real life go bankrupt in 2013. But so did Orion. Not... It's almost like a biography there. <laughs> the memoir. Ro RoboCop has just taken everyone out, man. Now, let's make a point. <laughs> um, those ninjas will come back. In RoboCop 3. Frank because Miller will get his way. <laughs> yeah, because so Frank Miller has a very popular, uh, he did, a very popular graphic novel series called Ronin, which also is about fucking samurais. And mm -hmm. if anybody's read Dark Knight Returns, there's fucking ninjas. It's all, yep. it's his style. It's what he does. He does like the whole like, like this city is corrupt and shitty and here's 80s punks with fucking mohawks. And for mm -hmm. some reason in 3, the punks are carrying nunchucks so, i don't know why so are we are we ready to get into this shit bomb this masterpiece yeah I, I i literally only have one more thing for two and then we're going in um it was not as critically acclaimed mainly because they went with a lighter tone they still kept a lot of the violence but they wanted to sell it to kids it was made with a 25 million dollar budget grossed 40 million which led them to believe they should probably do a third movie wow yeah. RoboCop 3. <laughs> Trace. Oh, my God. Uh, so, all right. So, we're going to start with RoboCop 3. There's, there's something on the, you know, that's... This movie starts as a mess. So, RoboCop 3 uh, was actually filmed in 1991. Okay. It's filmed in 1991. They can't get Peter Weller to reclaim the role of RoboCop. They end up going with Robert John Burke. Uh, you guys may recognize him. He did Tombstone. He did the movie Thinner. And then he also, uh, he had like a reoccurring, uh, reoccurring role on Law and Order. I think he was like a lawyer or something. Because I remember when me and my wife would watch it. I would see him be like, oh, that's a Thinner guy. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, real quick, just to put it out there. Burke looks like in every fucking role, it's he was a cop. He's a military guy. He's yep. a lawyer. He's just that guy when you need like a firm face in a role. He's firm face. Square jawed, square jawed American. Like he's going to he fit that role. And he looks like Weller, not typically, but like in this movie when they shave his head and put his fucking disgusting face over the RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he looks like Peter Weller. He does. They like kind of Wellered him up. But so you have this movie, you, you start and, and this is what's funny. Like, like as we dive into this, you start this movie knowing you don't have your star from the other two. So you have an iconic franchise already, right? You're about to enter your third one. Um, 
you don't have Peter Weller come back. That should be your first sign as a, as a company to go, all right, maybe we should wait. Because what I, from what I read, Peter Weller wanted to do it. But he had an obligation with another movie at the time. Uh, Naked Lunch, I think it was yeah, called. Yeah, Naked Lunch. So they continue to go anyway, which is already a bad move. They filmed the movie in 91. Orion runs out of money. They go into this, uh, this financial hardship. The movie shelves for two years. And then they finally release it in 93. Now, this is what is so mind-boggling to me. is because for two years, you could have looked at that movie and be like, oh, this is a piece of shit. No, 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 don't do it. No, 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 let's not do it. Two years came up. They're like, send it out. Put it out there. <laughs> like, you had two years to look at that. Or maybe you could re- – because Orion clearly must have come, came back into some, some financial surplus. And they're able to, to get this movie out. At that time, you should literally be looking at hiring Peter Weller and redoing it. Recutting the movie, you already have two successful ones in this. You clearly plan on making it long term. You have a toy line. At that time, I believe the cartoon was out already. Um, yes, and the cartoon was actually doing well. I think it was picked up for like fifty episodes. Exactly. Like, so, like you have this this precedent set with this brand, and you you let this two year old movie go. And I think the thing is overarching is like you see the scenes with like the CGI in it, and it's like okay. You use two-year-old CGI. Nick, you know this. In the late 80s and the 90s, we were in like a computer-generated renaissance where technology was moving and evolving super fast. This movie looks so dated when you look at the scenes like Robocop and Like it's Oh, my God. It's, it's... <laughs> it's so bad. You're like, it's, there's no excuse to even be that bad because at that point in 91, you had movies like Terminator 2 where like the T-1000 and the liquid metal looked really good. Orion just was completely okay with releasing this subpar product and it just blows me away. It's like, I feel like that's the first initial thing is like you are watching a movie that literally sat on a shelf for two years and you had two years of what people could have been like, Oh no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, don't do it. And they're like, not to just send it. Yeah. Because at that point, you know, Orion pictures, they had already dumped $22 million into that movie somehow. I don't know where the fucking money went because <laughs> but I didn't see it. Dumped, <laughs> <laughs> they they dumped all this money and they were like, we need a return. It's Robocop. <laughs> they figured they would at least make their money back, probably a little bit of a profit. Everybody on cash grab. the cast, yeah, everybody was already paid. You know, uh, Robert Burke was paid. Nancy Allen was paid. So they were like, you know, at this point, what do we got to lose? Let's put it out there. Um, it was not a hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to put it out there, the film grossed $10 million worldwide. Was Orion it that low? Lost yeah, they lost $12 million on the movie, and it closed them. Orion Pictures did not come back from bankruptcy after that. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I, the only thing that occurred after that in the Robocop was the very short-lived TV series. Not the animated series, the TV series, and that didn't do well. The Canadian one. Yeah, that's and they literally, because Orion Pictures was in such bad shape, they owed so much money. Um, a Canadian film crew bought it for $500,000. They bought the rights to Robocop. That is crazy. And, yeah. And if you think about it, that it's a movie that at one time was one of the highest grossing films. Yeah, it's, and they bought it for five hundred thousand dollars. I mean, not for nothing. If we get up, we're not rich people, but if we gain, like, if we get twenty friends together, we could probably take out a loan for five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, do you want to buy Robocop? I was say then. Well, it's probably worth a lot less after that remake. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole. Other... That, that's episode. a different episode. <laughs> um, so. I mean, there, there's not much to say. We're not going to go too far into the plot because it's fucking paper thin. I, uh, um, I, I do have to mention a little bit about it. And it, it okay, okay, all right. So, so the plot, it feels like this plot, dude. Like it feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like it feels like it, it wanted to be like a post-apocalyptic Mad Max type of vibe. You are yeah. still in the city of Detroit. Why does it look like it does? Why do the gangs even look like they have mutated faces? Like they just got back from a plane trip from Chernobyl. Like they don't look <laughs> normal. And the thing about the plot that makes no sense to me is like, in real terms, all right, you have this Japanese funded mega corporation going into a major American city, blowing apart buildings and removing people and putting them in camps. And at no point does the American government or a president be like, uh, we should probably looking at detroit there's some shit going on down there like and that's the thing is is it they literally for whatever reason 
uh, OCP owns Detroit. I, so, like, nobody gives a shit about it because they're like, like, as if, like, you know, and I get that this is supposed to be it's a, science it, fiction. Yeah. I get it. But, man, that exactly. is really pushing but, the limits. Like, <laughs> like, like the people that for some reason nobody gives a shit about the people there regardless of the city regardless of delta city that they're trying to create nobody cares about the people as like this militaristic group is coming in and just fucking annihilating it is a japanese funded foreign military group infiltrating an american city and they don't make one mention other than the local police department having an issue with it everyone else is like yeah i mean they pay it you know they got passports and shit like yeah it it just i was like Uh, wow and, you know, not to mention just the piss poor quality of the movie overall oh, yeah. affects the whole plot is you can't even make a good plot about like the citizens rising up against the military and this outside force coming to take on everybody. And you can't do anything with that when people are wearing fucking Walmart Halloween costumes. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bro, those gangs, like part of their outfits was like Reynolds rap. Like it, it wasn't even like it's kind of look futuristic. The little boy. You know nothing about, but apparently he's a master hacker who's like almost as good as the doctor who made RoboCop. Like, he- which is which is such a fucking it's a such a '90s cop out of like this child, this orphan child yes. is a master computer hacker. It's in so much shit. It's in like it's in like Cowboy Bebop. Like it's all of this. Here's this kid. And he's going to be, like, the star of the movie. And he can do everything. And meanwhile, like, you don't need the fucking kid sidekick. You don't. You didn't need And him. they didn't even explain it or justify it as well. And it's it's just weird. And, like, it's weird because, to be honest, I had seen this movie prior. And then you mentioned about doing the, the, uh, the episode about RoboCop 3. I did not know Frank Miller would have put his name to this. And it's so crazy because you think about the quality and caliber that Frank Miller, you know, is associated with. And for me, you look at this like, how did this story get made? Like, I feel like Frank Miller maybe had written this story in between songs at a karaoke night slamming $2 PBRs. <laughs> like, that's the only way. And I feel like someone else listened and then put his name on it. And then he woke up the next day. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I was, I'm just saying shit. Don't, don't write that down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why you guys would listen to me. I literally said, put a jet pack on the robot. <laughs> So I actually, I have a quote about Frank Miller because he was pissed when this movie came out. He said, working on RoboCop 2 and 3, I learned the same lesson I always do with Hollywood. Don't be a writer. The director's got all the power. The screenplay is a fire hydrant and there's a row of dogs around the corner waiting to piss on it. Wow. That pretty much sums it up because you you look at, like I said, the esteem and the, the resume of Frank Miller and you look at this movie and it is unrecognizable to his previous body of work unrecognizable oh, yeah. and if you think about it he comes back hard later on with the sin city adaption of his own oh, book my God. and he directed and wrote that and that's a solid movie yeah so you can just tell that you know the people at orion just put their hands too far into the production of this film i mean it's it is schlock yeah <laughs> it is worse than b movie quality it, um it's kind of funny though you are right this this was a you know, you talk about Hollywood and the quintessential cash grab. This is the cash grab. You released a movie of your only major franchise coming back from a financial hardship after sitting two years on a shelf without your major starring acting role. Which, by the way, I read that Peter Weller came, I think I mentioned this before, Peter Weller came back and he interviewed with Frank Decker, the director of this movie, and said, I'd, I'd like to do this movie. I'd really like to do this movie. And they still went with Robert Burke just to show you that they didn't care about going back, trying to fix it. And it, it, it tanked the franchise. I mean, it essentially tanked the franchise. Little Nico yeah, with the game I mean, tanked the franchise. <laughs> I mean, that's what's crazy is that's why it's such a they're just trying to save money, you know, is they knew that at that point, Weller had esteem to him for playing the role. Uh, they could pay Robert Burke a lot less. Yes. A lot less. And, you know, I don't know how much Mr. Burke is making. It's probably more than us. But in general, I can't imagine it's anywhere close to, like, what Weller would have made for a third RoboCop movie. And honestly, I don't know if he could have saved it, but it would have been better having him in the role. Oh, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I mean... And we... No, I was just going to say, we didn't mention it, but in the first RoboCop and the second one, he trained with the head of the movement department at Juilliard to learn how to be a human robot. He took it serious, and you know that nobody else was taking this Bro, fucking movie you serious. You know nobody else was in that class. There, you tell me there's a robot class at Juilliard? 
<laughs> Nobody <laughs> took that class. He that's how dedicated he is. He made them create a curriculum for him. He's like, I just want yeah, to move he like walked a in and he was like, <laughs> Yeah, he was like, You guys, you guys know me. I'm Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know any other Peter Miller roles. So that's what He's just about. the Robocop to me. I mean, I will say for you know, we're talking about cast, it is at least commendable that they were able to get back the same actress for Lewis. They were able to get back the same actor yes. to be, you know, uh, for the police department, uh, the chief there. Like it, there are commendable yep. things. It's just that the content and the substance that was the core of that movie, nothing could have saved it except for a proper rewrite. And, you know, it's, it's funny because if the same effort went into three as one and two, I think by far, you would have seen a RoboCop 4 and 5 heading into the 90s. You know, deep into the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, where do you want to go from here? Do you want to start talking about some of the worst fucking scenes of that movie? I mean, yeah. So... <laughs> I, I got some shit down, if you're yeah, ready. Yeah, you, you go for it. <laughs> okay, the first thing I got to put... And my, my notes might be a little bit out of order because I just had to keep pausing and rewinding this movie last night. Like, it was at the point where... It, first off, it's so PG that my kids were watching this movie with me because there's no, f- and they were just sitting there and they were like, "Yeah, RoboCop's got the bad guys," and I'm like, "No, he doesn't." <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're gonna fuck him up, kids. It, it's it's a RoboCop movie. He's gonna get the shit beat out of him. He'll come back at the end. Um, so I gotta say that the first scene where the kid hacks something is the Ed 209 robot from the first movie, which at first I was like, Oh, okay. Ed 209. They ended up bringing that giant fucking monster robot out and actually patrolling the streets of Detroit with it, which was the original plan for OCP. I don't know why it murdered a lot of people, (laughs) but they just, for some reason they just went with it. Um, so the first thing the kid does is he hacks the Ed 209 robot so he can, like, save his fucking homeless yeah, friends. His newly to, from the homeless friends that he never met before, by the way. Yeah, like, if this was 2020 and you made a movie about an orphan child making friends with older homeless people, you'd be yeah. like, no, bro, no. Oh, what the older, fuck? Older <laughs> homeless people that are literally about to do an illegal arms robbery of a local police. <laughs> like, what... And they're hiding out in the sewers. <laughs> they live in the fucking sewers. <laughs> um, but anyway, the Ed 209, he hacks them. Now, I have to imagine that they have, like, you know, the Ed 209 talks to an extent and has, like, pre recorded dialogue. It says the line, eat lead suckers. <laughs> Who the fuck recorded that for that robot? Who was sitting in the office and they're like, remember this thing that killed, like, 32 police officers a couple years ago? What if we put eat lead suckers as the line before he shoots people? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll plug that. I'll plug that clip in here during the editing because people need to listen to the phrasing. Like, <laughs> dude, I, I think one of the scenes that stuck out for me, I mean, it's within the, the first five minutes is they're in the home. And this is when the little boy's parents are still alive. And bro, Miley Cyrus style wrecking ball comes crashing through the living room. And they purposely focus in on the TV to show a guy go, I'll buy that for a dollar. And then leave. <laughs> Which, it's such a, it's so, so you texted me about that scene and it was right before I watched it. So you texted me and I was like, I don't remember that. I fucking, when that happened, they did the, I'll buy that for a dollar guy. And I, I get that, like, that was a commercial in the background of the first movie. But, like, holy shit. Like, why is that same commercial still playing? And then then they zoom in on an eviction notice. So if you get evicted, they fucking break down the house. Dude, I just think of, like, Frank Decker directing that and the film's going and the commercial's there. And he, like, looks back in between things like, no, no, no. Focus in on that. I need it. Like why? Why did you? Have yeah. it? Show me, show me that pervy old man. Dude, and they're just rounding these people up like fucking goddamn. I mean, it's horrible. Like 1940s style, you know, fucking war prisoners. Uh, and, yeah. Once again, the government's nowhere to be seen. They're like Detroit's getting wild, but it's none of our business. Like, you know? yeah, no one else is involved. No one's involved. Um. So I also put that there's this guy, he's not even fucking credited as far as I can tell, but he's in like a, a really funny looking tie and this like oversized brown suit. For, so this is Detroit and they give him this like Brooklyn accent and he's sitting there and he's like, hey, you dumb broad. My cousin oh, yeah. <laughs> got got to get the fucking thing out of here. Like he's doing that. And I'm like, what is the point of this guy? He's shot two seconds later. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I don't know who's writing the dialogue. On top of that, the costume design, it's, I mean... It's horrible. The, yeah, we talked briefly already about the punk characters, about they all have yellow fucking mohawks and pink spikes, and they're, they're literally wearing, like, tinfoil and garbage bags. So, like, bags. The, co- the costume design reminds me, it's like... It's October 30th and you're going to go to a, a Halloween party and there's nothing around. So you go to Rite Aid and you buy the local officer, <laughs> like future officer. <laughs> they bought 50 of those and made a movie. They bought 50 of those and made so, a movie with it. Bro, bro, in my notes, I literally have, oh, so you can tell the good cops from the bad cops because one is in all gray and the other ones are in all navy blue or black. I, you know, I, it was a very old movie. I couldn't really tell, <laughs> but they pretty much it was the same fucking costume for everybody. And they were like, "Well, you know, these guys are gray. <laughs> these guys are navy blue. You get it. It's just such low quality, <laughs> man. You look back on it, and it's crazy because, like I said, I know we talked about it before, but when you got that money back, you came back into a, a financial surplus, if you will. You should have looked back at that and be like, oh, my God, we can make some money back. It doesn't have to be this way. And they just released it. That's what makes this movie so worthy of having its own episode dedicated to it is because this is one of the few sequels that actually had a shot to not have to be here. Like, but they just, yes, they did it anyway. Yes. They did it anyway. I, I mean, shit, we decided this was worthy of a first yeah. episode because we, and we had other picks. Don't get me wrong. We have a list oh, yeah. of shit. But we were like, it was one of the first ones to come up along with, you know, a uh, future uh-huh. episode, Halloween oh, yeah. 2. And we were like, these ones. So the way I look at it, and obviously I won't go into Halloween 2, but this movie was, it had the shot to just finish out like a trilogy of solid movies and it fucked it up. And in Halloween 2, I look at it like, like a father. I'm not mad. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I'm not mad. So- I'm disappointed. <laughs> and I- it's so, just crazy because it, it had a shot to do it. And I don't think you could look at – I mean, I don't know. We're not in, in Hollywood, uh, thank God. We're not in the, uh, the industry in that way. But I don't think there's many movies you could look at that could say, well, that sat on the shelf for two years and we released it just like that. Like, <laughs> No. No. And it even says, like, in – so in 1991 when they started filming, they were the first ever movie to use a technique called digital morphing throughout the thing which i'm guessing is early cgi i didn't look into it that much but get this they completely got rid of that in 1994 pretty much because at that point cgi was just so fluid that they're like we really don't we don't need to do this digital morphing shit so if they would have just waited they did not have to put out a shit movie again orion pictures over and over again if they just waited and fixed it they they did not digitally morph on that cyber ninja but for the scenes where (laughs) his Where they hit his face, bro. <laughs> bro. Oh my god! When they hit his face with the pipe, and he his face gets like like bro. Jim Carrey in the mask, <laughs> bro. You know, you ever watch those videos on YouTube where they take a PC game but they put the facial animations up to a thousand? <laughs> oh yes. my god! Like Half Life. Like <laughs> yes, that. and it's like it, it was just so weird because it's such like a rip off of the Terminator. Okay, there's this robot that that yeah. you, know, you can't see. He's a robot, and like. That's another thing that's even more scary is this company has their own like RoboCop type of thing. Once again, nobody seems to be looking in and caring about it. It's uh, it's I will say it is not worth the watch. If you're looking for a good laugh, you pop it on. But there are so many things in this movie that are just so cringy. Yeah, I mean, and when I think about um, before I go into another scene, when I think about that, um. I don't know, the other RoboCop, basically the samurai <laughs> RoboCop that they, they put out there, which I just don't get. First off, I think you're going to agree, they stereotyped the sh- – we're not going to go too far into it, but they stereotyped Holy the shit. shit out of that. His first day is meditating. I could – Like in a dojo. It's like a dojo right? type place. So when I first like saw that character, I, I thought, okay, they probably ran out of money and couldn't make another fucking robot costume. So they're like, let's just do a guy. It's just a guy. And then I thought about it, and yeah, I think – Terminator was yep. a big hit. Terminator one, Terminator Dude, two, it, especially. T2 and Robocop and I think... three were in the same year. T two released in ninety one. They filmed in ninety one. Robocop three. It was definitely an influence of what they were doing. Exactly, exactly. And not to mention, it kind of goes against what the original writers wanted when they said, you know, Blade Runner is about robots, but nobody looks like a robot. We want robots that look like robots. 
And they just fucking threw that away because they were like, well, Terminator, <laughs> they saved money because they I didn't that's make a big a part of it. I think that a big part of that was budget because they would have had to do another suit. And that's going to lead me into another fact. Okay. They definitely didn't have enough money to do another robot because uh, Robert Burke, he had to use the same suit that um, Peter Weller used in the first two Robocops. But the problem is Robert Burke is a different sized man. He has a larger head. He's he's a lot bigger. He's a lot Dude, bigger than he has Peter a Weller. Longer neck and a larger head. So they said he would put the suit on and he would hurt after like ten minutes. He's not moving like a robot. He's afraid to move. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. That's why, like you know, in a lot of those scenes, I feel bad for him. Like, how, how is he going to portray this character when I think the quote I found said that he was in immense pain? Yeah. Constantly. Like, can you imagine that? Like having to wear an old guy's suit. From like four years ago, that you're just a different man. They're like, you want the role, you know, you got to do the time. And and here's a gross fact: Peter Weller, when he was wearing the suit, also said that it was painful, and he said that he lost three pounds a day sometimes wow. in sweat loss. Wow. Who the fuck is cleaning <laughs> that before they're like, hey, new guy, new guy, you want to wear this? It, it reminds me of like what like the the old uh, TMNT suits must have been like, just oh. full of fucking vomit and heroin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, built-in pampers oh. in it because you know you're not getting that fucking thing yeah i mean i just i can't imagine that they that they just kept going and they were like you're fine robert burke <laughs> we're paying you um so i have to bring up uh because it's one of the scenes that i did remember before watching this even though like again we both saw it years ago um so robocop is like you don't see him for the first like fucking 20 minutes of the movie um, it's kind of like Godzilla where like, you yeah. don't know where he is. And then eventually he just shows up. So he's in this car. He goes up. He's on top of this like three story fucking parking garage. He drives off. The car hits the ground. It's not very damaged. He, for some reason, instead of using the door, he shoots a <laughs> hole in the roof and climbs through. He can use doors. He uses doors all the time. He literally he first he takes off his hand yeah. and puts on a minigun and he fucking shoots a hole in the roof and punches his way out. And Orion, you wonder where you ran out of budget. You wonder where you ran out of budget, Orion. <laughs> you know, and then not to mention, you know, it, they're arguing the same thing for the third movie where they're like, you, you know, OCP. Even though RoboCop has proven he still has human memories and human emotion, they're like, he's just a robot. He's making it up, <laughs> and like. And again, for the third movie, they're like, they go up to a new doctor because there's always a new doctor and they're like, fix him. Take away his memories. We don't want to hear about his fucking wife and kid. Take it away and make him just a robot. The same shit that happens in the first, let that me, happens in the second. They just keep let me like, just rehashing. Say, um, uh, speaking, I believe her name was Dr. Levy or Levi, whatever it is. Okay. Lazarus. There, Lazarus. Uh, All right. Let me tell you. She <laughs> is a bad employee. All right. Your boss gave you an order. Woman, you are the maker of RoboCop. Not many people have that on their resume. And you blew it. And look what you did. You just had to remove his stuff. That's it. You're a bad employee. Well, that's... I was going to say, that's the thing is... And it's... She comes from a long line of doctors who are bad employees who work for fucking OCP. There's constantly somebody in that company who's like, maybe this is a bad idea. And it's like, yeah, they're probably right. But like you just said, I mean, I think if this was true... If this was a real story, which I'm glad it's not, if it was if it was true to life, I don't know if somebody who's I'm guessing a very high paid robot doctor is going to be like, hmm. And by the way, when she decides to destroy the chip, she pulls out. Bro, a it was like it hammer. looked like one of the Apple laptops from like the 90s with like it was like yes. steel and plastic. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh, my God. I literally had that. It looks like it was made by Hasbro. <laughs> It's it's crazy. I remember looking. I was like, you you are one of. I'm assuming, other than the Japanese RoboCop, many few ladies that could say, many few people. Sorry, that could say, I made a RoboCop. You just ruined your resume. You will not even be allowed to make a Roomba. Look what you did. <laughs> right, and I mean, you know, I don't want to put a lot of the bulk of the film on her, but like because RoboCop decides to go off and they they do the whole subplot that he. Spoiler alert for this fucking 30-year-old movie. Yeah. <laughs> he kills Lewis. Um, 
So, you know, they put that out there that like he kills Lewis when in reality he didn't. It was the bad guys like it always is. And he fucking he carries her through the church in a very corny scene, lays her on an altar. And she's like, get revenge for me. Get him for me. (laughs) And you know what's funny, though, Nick, is when I saw that, that to me, what struck through is I was like, okay, I could see that in a Miller storyboard. It is very over the top. You, it is yes. very science fiction. It's very dramatic. He's carrying the slain, you know, officer, his partner, this robo, you know, cyborg through this church. It's kind of like a mixture of, you know, mourning human style, and he's mourning with this future. It, it, I could see it, but yep. it, the execution of it is so bad. Like you were saying, it's just it's it's unbelievable, and it's like that's why it's you know a lot of this does come down on Fred Decker, the the director, because. There, I'm not saying anything was salvageable, but I am saying if you have Frank Miller write you a story and you know that Frank Miller did pretty damn good at Robocop 2, you know, and the fact that these movies changed directors so much that they possibly could have had some saving grace with this film. Possibly. Well, that that's exactly it. I'm sure, you know, not to give him too much credit, but I'm positive, especially like I own all the Sin City books. Like I understand like where his mindset is. He probably wrote that church seat in a very like gritty, dark, like his partner of all these years. The only person who tr- like treated him like a human is dead. And now he has to be like her only person during her time of, of death. Like he's the last person to be with her yeah. and they fuck it up. It is, it's supposed to be like gut wrenching. If, if you're a true fan of the series. And then meanwhile, you're like, Oh, what a waste because you know, Nancy Allen, who does Lewis is a great actress. She does excellent in that role. And they were like, we yeah, that was another thing. Her. It's like, you kill her so <laughs> fast. And you, <clears throat> this is what's strange to me. Okay. Is you already replaced your main character for the major movie. Okay, why would you kill off immediately the other one? Now the movie does not feel like it belongs in this franchise. It doesn't feel like it lines up in a trilogy. You know what I'm saying? It starts to feel even more like a spin-off RoboCop because, okay, you couldn't get Peter Weller, but you did have Nancy Allen come back as Lewis. You did have the, the police chief come back. You should have kept that support cast the same as long as you could into that movie to still make it feel like a salvageable RoboCop. And when they killed her off right away, you knew the movie was basically off the rails, batshit crazy. Yeah, because at that point, it's just for, for shock value because they also have, I mean, she gets gunned down and then, you know, you're supposed to feel sad because she's dying, but then RoboCop also gets gunned down, but it looks yeah. very shit when he falls over. It looks like somebody Bro, knocked falls over like a straight forward cutout. in the sewer. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. He goes straight forward. He's like, efficiency down. <laughs> yeah, he's like looking at the ground. He goes, there's a few rats. <laughs> Dude, sewers, rats. I wasn't. Oh, I, uh, listen, a splinter fucking uh, cameo could have been any time there. They're like, wait, can we get some money for that? Yeah, we'll do that. I was going to say, I'm sure that somehow they're in the same universe because uh, Frank Miller, after this movie, he puts out a Robocop versus Terminator graphic novel that's actually kind of well regarded. Um, so, you know, there is that, that he is trying to kind of mix the worlds a little bit. Um, speaking of the sewer scene, I have to put it out there. RoboCop is listed at over seven feet tall and over 300 pounds. And when he falls down in that sewer, four people who look like they've never lifted a day in their life carry him. They carry him easily. They don't complain. It's not like they're carrying him. They're going like, oh, my back. He's so heavy. They're just lug him out. He's over 300 pounds of metal. <laughs> like in the first movie, they have to lift him with a fucking like magnetized say, yeah, lift thing. thing that they lose for cars. <laughs> There's a good amount of inconsistency, is what we're saying, folks, about this RoboCop 3 film. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many scenes we can keep going into. I don't know if we should because we're probably like 54 <laughs> minutes in. I feel like <laughs> what we just did, um, though, at 54 minutes in is um, we definitely have proven the case uh, to Orion, whoever's left, uh, Fred Decker. Um, and Robert Burke, I'm going to blame a little bit of you, too. Your sequel sucks. There you go. There it you go. It had to be said. And now it's so, said. Uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah. I'm going to, so just to put it out there, were there subsequent releases? Yep. They they released those really, really crappy, uh, I think I forgot what it's called. Maybe it's called like Riot Police or something corny um, in Canada. They're not good. <laughs> don't see them. <laughs> don't Don't give them money. Um, and then they did they did put out a RoboCop remake. We're not going to go into it. I did not put a nope. single bit of information down because I remember I remember that he is wearing like carbon fiber in the trailer and he has hands. He has human hands out of the Save the hands. Body. No, no, no. 
Save the are the hands good? <laughs> Save the hands. Put the hands on there. Like, like I, I just can't imagine in what world where they're like, all right, he's gonna be a human head on a robot body. And you're like, okay, <laughs> and we got the hands. <laughs> so yeah. Um okay, you know, um, and I and to, to really close this out, did it? Did this movie sink the franchise? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yes. Um, to get to give a little bit of hope, in 2018, they did announce that they're doing a direct sequel to RoboCop 2, um, and they're going to bring back uh, the original writers. Um, but I think it's been shelved. There hasn't been any any word of it since. Yeah, about I would a year hope ago, on that. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think Weller's <laughs> going to be up for the role. So. That fucking suit. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And uh, so before we go into our social links, I wanted to put out there that uh, we will be closing out these episodes by featuring um, some type of musical artist, you know, any genre. Send us in clips. Your sequel sucks at gmail.com. We would love to be able to promote, you know, any type of up and comer. Um, And all we ask is do a little cross us on your social. You put about our episodes and, you know, our show and, We'll uh, put about your band and, and your guys' socials, and we'll do a little cross-promotion, and it kind of helps us out. I mean, me and Nick are still musicians at heart, even though we don't play in the same band. We are still musicians. We still understand yep. the, uh, the, the struggle and the stride to get it out there. So this is something cool that helps everyone out. Hey, have some laughs. We make some, fun of some shitty movies. But at the end, hey, let's play a band that's from around, the, you know, somewhere man, around the country, around the world. We really don't care, you know, and uh, we'll try and give you a spotlight. Yeah, exactly. We yeah, we want to promote your music. So, Pucasto, <laughs> you handsome motherfucker. My friend, where can people on, find you? Um, I have Twitter. It's a uh, Twitter is uh, at Luke Ladley. Um, Instagram at Luke Ladley. I have Facebook too, but that's for old people who like to fight. So I don't really, you know, pop too much on there. Um, and uh, the band. I mean, if you guys want to check out the band Norstone, it's a uh, Twitter Norstone band, Instagram Norstone band, and Norstone on Facebook. Yeah, and you know, I highly recommend checking out that band. And it's not because I'm on the first three albums. It's not. It's not because it's not because me and Luke founded it back in 2011. It's, it's, it's a good reason to not. It's a good reason to. I swear. It's a good. It's a good reason to. Um, you can find me on on Instagram at Nick Evans Writes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick Evans Writes, and you can follow this podcast on Instagram at YSS Podcast. Definitely check us out shoot us yeah oh my book that's right so by the way nick evans writes i'm an author i recently had a book come out order of dust definitely check it out it's wherever books are sold go read it when you're done with it you can throw it in a fire this time of year it gets really cold you know <laughs> well keep making shitty sequels we'll talk about them your sequel sucks it sucks your sequel sucks it just really sucks